Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight we'll go back in time to seasons past, when 22 men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard gain, one more final score, which would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight we'll explore the world of gridiron greats. Welcome to gridiron greats football history and its memorabilia on the gridiron greats publishing and broadcasting network. In conjunction with Swick Enterprises, we're live from the Wild for Connecticut home of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats Magazine is the only publication in America which focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. We cover 140-plus years of football history and memorabilia, and you can find us on the web at gridirongreatsmagazine.com. We're sponsored in part by MSB Sports Cards for one of the largest selections of football, vintage football cards and memorabilia. Check out their website at msbsportscards.com. And we're also sponsored in part by BST Auctions. Check out their website on their upcoming cloth special auction at bstauctions.com. It is at this time I'd like to introduce my co-host. He's a senior contributing writer to Gridiron Greats Magazine, a football <laughs> member by a historian, specializing in pre-World War II items, in particular Rick Grange, and also Seattle Seahawks items, in particular Steve Larkin. He hails from Portland, Oregon, Mr. Joe Squires. Joe, welcome to the show this evening. Ambassador, happy to be here, sir. Thanks for having me on. Joe, it's good to it. hear from you again. And we got a great show lined up here today. And I want to start off by immediately talking about 
a vintage Green Bay Packer football yep. card set. And that is the 1932 Green Bay Packers Walker's Cleaner set. 1932. Huge. Just huge. Walker's Cleaners, which was a tailor and clothes cleaning company in Green Bay, Wisconsin, produced a set which honored the three-time world champion Green Bay Packers. There were 27 different sepia-tone photographs that were offered. The size of them were 9 by 10, and the photos were issued with a side tab on them to the left border which provided a biography of the player and some advertising for Walker's Cleaners. The yep. Lightly glued on. Lightly glued on. Yep. Set is a, it's an incredible set because there's five Hall of Famers in it, and I'm looking at the one and only Walker Cleaners photo that I own of Bo Melinda, and, it, oh. and mine has the tab attached. And it's a it's a real real nice piece. And Joe, I'm going to hand off to you now. What do you think of this set? You've uh, you've got the Bo Melinda. You so you're you're kind of a type collector, you know, Captain. So so you have one uh, Walker cleaner, and that's Bo Melinda. Is that what I heard say you say? Again? You have one Walker cleaner. Uh, in your collection, one, and that's Bo one Melinda. type card. Bo wow. Melinda. That's a, that is all I own. You and I picked this topic in honor of our guest today, who happens to be a Packer collector. Uh, the ambassador of football, Bob Swick, happens to be a Packer collector. So what better time to talk about one of the uh, greatest, rarest sets out there, and that's the 32 Walker Cleaner. Uh, I don't consider myself to be a huge Packer fan. Obviously, if you love football, you love the Packers. You can't not love football and not be a Packer fan. They're steeped in Packer history. It'd be like saying you have no idea who the Bears are. They're just you can't love the NFL and not those not those teams. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not a Packers fan, and I own more Walker cleaners than you, Captain. Why is that? <laughs> well, sometimes. Sometimes that just happens that way, Joe. Um, yeah. I am a firm believer when this set first got discovered quite a few years ago, I always said to myself, how many actual sets are in existence? And yeah. we'll just use as, a, as an example, several years ago, BSC Auction, one of our sponsors, in March of 2015, had a complete set of those in the binder itself that they were offered in. I guess they had a, yep. a special binder that they that they uh, you were able to put your yep. photos yep, in. Yep. And although the binder was not in that of the greatest shape, this set did sell for a, a very very strong figure. I think it was close to 3,700 with the uh, premium on it and even though it wasn't in perfect condition this complete set to me is rarer than rare as far as 
uh, a vintage pre-World War II type of set. And, again, we talked about this numerous times. We talked about it once. Yep. How much has survived paper-wise in football, especially early NFL stuff, pre-World War II? Good point. Good point. So, to me, to yeah. me that made it even more rare than what, what it is, in my opinion, in any of them, in any kind of condition, are very rare to say yeah. the least. And uh, Which, again, I don't, just, we, I don't know if we. You, you said about it went this. for a steep price of thirty seven hundred. I think thirty seven hundred is cheap, considering how rare that right. is. Uh, right. In that particular example, the tabs had been removed and they'd been placed, you know, on the opposing page in the album. I, I still think that's that's. It, I think it should have gone for two or three times that amount. Well, again, I think it was in better condition, and I know we talked about this in the past. We talked about this off off uh, the show. If that was in better condition, that's a ten, ten, twelve thousand dollars set easily, if not more. And again, yeah. I've seen singles from that set going as high as three, four thousand dollars, and I've seen commons from that set in, in nice condition going for four or five hundred dollars. So to me, wow. it, you know. The market, the market will always be there because there's so many Packer collectors and Packer fans out there, and something as rare as this vintage piece like this, yep, uh, truly is amazing to say the least. Yeah, think about this: the five Hall of Famers, uh, you know, uh, you know, who are pictured in the Walker Cleaner. None of those <laughs> five have a modern day football card. The closest you come is that Fleer Immortal, the Immortal Roll set. Uh, Curly Lambo, obviously the namesake for Lambo Field. You know, John Blood, McNally, Arnie Herber, Mike Mikulowski, Cal Hubbard. I mean, these are players, these are, you know, all of playing players. No football cards, no chickles, no leaves, not even 55 Tops American. So these are true rookie cards. 16 years before the 48 Leafs came out, you know, and, and three years for the Chickles. Uh, these are true rookie cards. Uh, the only reason they're not more popular is because PSA doesn't slab them, and they're, you know, they're not on a registry. Right, right. And, again, uh, I'll point out as far as rarity is concerned, uh, in a span of probably 20 years now, the market has probably only seen eight, at the most nine different complete sets come on the market, including the ones that have been broken up over the years. So let's say let's take let's say for instance there's twenty seven in the set, which we know that. Say for instance ten of each of the photos survive both in set and non set form, you're looking at something that probably has less than three hundred actual pieces that still exist today in two thousand eighteen. That to That's me a good point. Is, is unbelievably rare. rare. Unbelievably rare. And, yeah. and you've not, you and I have talked about rare versus expensive before. Uh, you know, a Broco Nagurski card isn't that rare. It's just expensive. Uh, right. You know, right. If, if you want to own a Nagurski, you can go out and find one. If you want a PSA 8 Nagurski, you're going to have a hard time. Uh, if you want, you know, to own the anonymous Dunlop, you can find one in, in condition, you know, if you know enough people. This is right. rare. This is just, you know, it, with eight complete sets out there, who knows where they are. Uh, 
Right. I remember right. when I was first introduced to this set, it was probably about eight, nine years ago, and uh, Andy Becker. Uh, I've, yep. You know, Andy Becker called me up, and he's like, you know, where I get most of my uh, in-depth, you know, football knowledge, you know, from either John or Andy or Carl. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, Jeff, nod to you, man. Not, not, you know, Jeff Payne, nod to you as well. I, you know, learn a lot from him. Uh, there's, you know, I remember Andy calling me and saying, uh, hey, Leland's has a complete setup. Uh, he's like, I've been collecting for a long time, and uh, this is the first complete set that, that I've seen. And Andy happened to be majority of the way through, I think either majority of the way through or done collecting the set. But his is in right. pretty poor shape. And Andy was like, do you want to split this? Uh, we, we, we buy the complete set. I get the right to pick through and cherry pick the, the ones that I want. Uh, I'll take the ones I want, replace them with the ones from my, my set, and I'll send you the mm-hmm. book and the set. And he and I agreed to chop it. So uh, mm-hmm. this, Seahawk, this Seahawk fan, uh, this non-Green Bay <laughs> Packer fan, I have a complete but set of Walker, you know, Packer cleaner uh, in the book with the tab. So proud to say. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, when, when, Unbelievable. when something that and rare comes up, when something that rare comes up, when Andy Becker calls you, when you see him on the other end of the line, you you say, sorry, Mom, i got to take this call, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, you, you pick up the phone. <laughs> Exactly, so, exactly. And it, it was interesting because John called me also, and he says, I got some um, singles, and he said, are you interested in any? I said, well, I always wanted one for a type, type set, and then um, he told me what he had, and I said, well, let me let me go with Bo, because I said that that's, uh, uh, would be a nice addition to my set. And his pose is very classic on the photo. I'm looking at it right now. I pulled it out for the show. Uh, it's just uh, it's just an amazing piece of vintage football history, and again, it also reminds us, and we don't have to say this because we've talked about this numerous times. Also, there's always stuff to be found in the market. There's always new discoveries that are out there, and who knows? Agreed. There could be another another whatever team, Bears, uh, whatever it may be, vintage obscure set that is waiting to be found, and that's half the fun of uh, of our collecting and of our hobby at the same time. I'm going to back up a yeah. bit. Did you see any at the uh, National? Because in the limited no. scope of what I saw there, yeah. I don't know if anything was out there. Uh, I saw one. Keith J- Keith Javik had one without tab. Just one. Okay. You, just, you saw the one he had, and I, was, I saw that one, too. And that was it. I didn't yeah, see anything any, any yeah. place else. But, truly, yeah, am, think truly about amazing. This. You throw, you throw, yeah. And there, there's something to behold in person. I mean, they're, they're very condition-sensitive. Condition uh, so, like you said, think about how hard it is for things to, we've mentioned before, you know, survive paper drives, uh, floods, fires, right, right, moves, right, the heat of an attic. Right, right. It's, it's pretty cool. And if you think about, you know, a good example with tab going for three thousand uh, dollars, and obviously the premium is put on the, you know, the Blood McNally and the Curly Lambo. I'd say those. Right, right. Cal Hubbard probably is a close third, but those three right. are probably the most expensive. And I would say Curly Lambo is 
probably the most sought after. Most yeah. Yeah. So if a really nice conditioned curly Lambo, you know, comes up with tab on it, that's a, you know, four to $5,000 card or, or, you know, right. uh, you know, example, isn't it? Right. Exactly. And I like the book. Exactly. The book is, the book is cool. You know, yeah. You know, there's a lot of mystery around this set. I mean, you know, they obviously handed them out to their customers, you know, at varying times. But when did you get the book? Uh, did you have to ask yeah. for the book? Was the book handed out? Did you have to buy it separately? Uh, you know, it's, you know, you, you, I, I've only seen three books. It was interesting. One I of them did my, in my closet. I did some research on it to try to find out more information on it. Really, there's there's literally nothing out there, um, <laughs> short of going to like, short of going to like a uh, newspaper archive to try to find you know if any any advertising on it, so on and so forth. So, it makes it very very difficult to to find and to see, you know, the um, at, at that time you know, what was involved in the promotion, so on and so forth. And that's half the yeah. fun of looking up these old sets, to say the least. So, uh, Wait, how old are the, the Packers in 1932? Nine years? How old are the Packers in 32? What, uh, seven years old? Six? No, no, they were from uh, 1919, so basically oh, wow. 13 years old. And don't forget, that was issued wow. because of the um, – because they – had won three championships in a row, so or they were the they were the world champs. So that was that was the big uh, key to the promotion. So hmm. it's amazing, truly amazing. Well, a, a, time a local a local distributed set that is has less than eight examples, and like you said, probably less than two hundred just issues. You know, just right. uh, you know, of the players. So that's rare. You and I—that's almost a topic unto itself, Captain. Is rare versus expensive. Uh, this is definitely rare. Incredibly rare. Um, unbelievable. All right. At this time, I'd like to introduce our special guest. Appropriately, we talked about the Walker's Cleaner set because he is a huge Green Bay Packer football card collector, <laughs> focusing on high-grade rookie cards of the Green Bay Packers team and NFL Hall of Famers, as well as a few other PSA registry sets, including the top 250 in the hobby set and the Jerry Kramer basic set. He is an MRI technologist, nuclear medicine technologist in Northeast Wisconsin, and he hails from Green Bay, Wisconsin. I'd like to welcome to the show this evening, Mr. Scott Klein. Scott, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate uh, being on the show. Um, it was a lot of fun hearing you guys talk about the Walker's Cleaner set. And um, I'm kind of jealous that Joe has a complete Walker's Cleaner set. And my opinion of Seahawks fans just went up big time. <laughs> Scott, Scott, tell us about your Walker Cleaner set. Mr. I don't have a Walker's Cleaner set. Um, yeah, I don't have a Walker's Cleaner set. I'm sad about it. I don't have one, unfortunately. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Do you, do you have it? Do yet. you have any of them, or you got a few? I hope. Um, or type card. And- no, I don't have. I do. I do not have any yet. Actually, uh, my focus wow. has been pretty much from uh, 1935 and uh, afterwards. So, not yet. I'm still waiting to grab one of those. 
Is it wow. uh, is it on your wish list? You're you're aware of the set, obviously, and is it on your wish list? Well, I've been really focused on the, my registry sets, and it's not a part of the registry, as Joe mentioned. PSA does not grade the the Walker Cleaners cards, so um, it's always one of those items that's been out there, kind of in the background that I've been looking for. But um, I, there's just always been a focus on the registry set uh, as part of my collection. Totally so get Scott. That. Scott, let's start off by asking you and, and telling our audience, what made you start collecting Green Bay Packer cards, and, and in particular these PSA cards? Give us some background on that. Okay. Um, well, I started collecting cards in the late 80s, early 90s, um, football, basketball, and baseball. Um, but then I kind of stopped uh, when I went to high school and college. And then I ended up picking up cards again um, about, I'd say, about six or so years ago uh, when my first son was born just to have something to do. Um, I was around the house a lot, helping my wife take care of the kid kids. So um, it's a great hobby to get into where you don't have to go out a whole lot at that time. And so I was introduced to the registry set and I just thought that was kind of a cool way to uh, focus your collection without getting too sidetracked um, because you can yeah. get off base pretty easily here, there, everywhere. And you, you don't have any goals and you, you don't, you never know what you're really trying to collect. Um, and the Packers in general, um, I'm, I'm from central Wisconsin originally, a small town called Hadley, Wisconsin, uh, population of about 300 people, so a very small town. Um, <laughs> wow. So um, going up there, you can only be a Packers fan, I think. And it's just, um, you know, the team's 100 years old, I believe. Uh, this year is their 100th anniversary year. So just to be able to collect oh, wow. something from, from that span of time, you know, from 19... 19 if you want to go back that far all the way to this year to have your collection span that many years i think is truly unique hmm. i'm kidding um, i love that it's always cool to see how people get in i mean and obviously geography plays a huge part of you know it, you know what team you're root for so you know uh, so i i did a little bit of homework on you scott because obviously you and i have uh i've uh I remember doing a trade with you probably like eight, nine years ago. That's where I first got to know you. But uh, I, I've kind of drifted away from the registry in the last five, six years and just kind of gone after, you know, really kind of rare stuff. But So I went to uh, the Packers, you know, just I wanted to check out your registry, see how you're doing. So I went to the uh, the first Packers set I came to, the under team sets, the 1948 to present Packers all-time set. And I started scrolling down, and I couldn't find you on that. I'm like, all right, well, that's weird. Mr. Packer fan, Scott's not on there. All right. And I eventually found you on the all-time Packers set. You're, you have the number two all-time Packers set, 100% 8.8. You've got the number one Jerry Kramer basic set. You've also got the master set. You're kind of an overachiever in the basic set. You're 100% complete. You've got a 10.25 rating. So you're you're that kid who took an extra class to get a four point, you know, a little over a four point, aren't you? <laughs> well, yeah, that that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Bob mentioned your, you know, the the top 250 cards in the set. I noticed you had a couple of baseball, one basketball, but this is a football podcast. So, let's talk about your uh, your football sets. Jerry Kramer, how'd you? How is he your your uh, the the Steve Largent? Uh, you know, for for uh, Scott Klein. Well, I've just always been a you know a big fan of Jerry Kramer. Just looking throughout his history, and obviously over the last couple of years, there was you know a big petition built up to try to you know 
tried to get him in the Hall of Fame, and you know, it was kind of yeah. you know, got kind of got taken by that. And you know, actually, you know, I do have one of the highlights in my collection is the PSA 10 Jerry Kramer rookie card. Yep. And that's one of two. Population wow. Of one of two. One of two, correct. And um, when I bought it, it was uh, about three years ago, so it was before he was even in the Hall of Fame yet. Um, wow. So I just really like him as a player. I figured, you know, yeah, he still had a chance to get in the Hall. Yeah, but I wasn't really concerned about that, per se. It was just more I always appreciated him as a, a lineman, and I thought he was a, a really good player uh, no matter what. There was always going to be a card that was in the all-time set. just wasn't in the NFL Hall of Fame set yet. And yeah. now that he's in the Hall I've of Fame, never... the card's kind of <laughs> – yeah. So you you have only there's only graded two of his rookie cards in a ten. That's what you're that's, saying. That's yeah. correct. Uh, wow. I think there. Yeah, yeah, that's out of I think five to six hundred have been graded, and I think this is about wow. two tens. Have you ever met Jerry no. Kramer? Do you have a child childhood photo of you shaking Jerry Kramer's hand? <laughs> I do not actually, <laughs> but um, I would I would like to meet Jerry Kramer. Um, I've gotten. Through the fundraising process, I've, you know, talked to his daughter, uh, Alicia, a few times, just um, through banter back and forth through Facebook, but never did actually get to meet Jerry yet. Another white wow. whale there. I like it. Huh. Maybe you can get Jerry, when you meet him, you can get him to, get him to sign your Walker Packer cleaner card. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 if, I, if I get a Walker Packer cleaner card, absolutely. <laughs> I uh, love it. So, now, you, when, so to, tell us about your other sets. Tell, oh, I'm sorry, Bob. Tell us about your other no, sets. Go You've ahead. got the Jerry Kramer Basic. Yep, so I got the Jerry Kramer Basic set. And ironically, um, it, that set probably sounds a little cooler than it is. It really is only three cards, believe it or not, in the Basic set. Um, mm-hmm. he, really only had, he really only had three mainstream cards for some reason, the 59 Topps Ritchie yeah. card, the 64 Philadelphia, and the 61 Fleer. Um, there are a few other cards in his Master set. Um, but I have not decided to put that one together yet. Um, and then also the all-time sure, sure. Packers set, like you mentioned, that was number two overall in that set, out uh, of 31 people doing the set. And then there's the NFL yep. Hall of Fame Packers yep. set, which I'm number three in currently, out of 28 people doing that set. And then there's the Team Hall of Fame set, which is kind of my baby, if you will. Um, that's over 100 yeah. cards, and it's pretty much every member, uh, every player in the Packers Team Hall of Fame that they have there at Lambeau Field oh, that has a card, that has a mainstream issue card. I, I perused that one a little bit. I, there were some names in there I'd totally forgotten about. I mean, it, it was just it was cool to look down that list. And I love that you post up your scans. That's something I've always tipped my hat at people who have the time to do. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. It really adds a lot to the registry set, I think. I want to ask a question on that Hall of Fame set. Now, you're saying it's a mainstream, so it has to be like a Bowman Philadelphia Tops issue. It can't be like a... Uh, Clear Immortals or whatever issued card? Um, for the Team Hall of Fame set, um, basically, that can be any card. Um, it's usually the Packers rookie card, or it's their first year in a Packers uniform if they are not originally a Packers rookie card. Um, so, for instance, okay. in, the team hall of, in, a, in the Team Hall of Fame set, I'll just take Jim Taylor, for instance. His first you know, appearance on a Packers card, really, the 61 Tops. Um, image. Yeah. Otherwise, because um, Tops messed up the first two years in – 59 and 60 and put uh, the other Jim, the other uh, Jim Taylor from the uh, Chicago Cardinals, I believe on the, as the image. So that card goes to the NFL hall of fame set, but the 61 times goes to the team hall of fame set. 
All right. Okay. So Sorry. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't look, but it's like is like Brett Favre's card in the Packer. You know, like his second year because he was drafted by the Falcons. Absolutely. Yep. His team Hall of Fame card is uh, the '92 top four. I'm actually we're working on getting that changed right now to the '92 Stadium Club card, and the '91 oh. top, the '91 Stadium Club is the one that's part of the NFL Hall of Fame set. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because the 91 Stadium Club is with, with, with him on the uh, Falcons, 92, and correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he in the second series, or was that that was one series He's, for the Stadium Club? I forgot. That, yeah, uh, that 92 is a high series card for uh, Brett Favre. Series, and the ni- All right. Yeah, and the 91 is the one with his name spelled wrong uh, as part of the Falcons. Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> That's that's amazing. That's really amazing. Well, I was going to say that makes a lot that makes more sense to me now because I'm, I'm saying to myself, somebody can circumvent the whole system, and you know, you look at like a Swell's great set from 1988, or look at a, um, you know, Fleur uh, Immortal set from 74 or 75, pull some nice cards out of there and get them graded very highly, and then just add it to your set. But that's not a true, not a true card. It's it's more of a reprint card. Than anything else, not a reprint, but just a a non mainstream card, as as they define that's, it. So. That's that's true. That's true. Yep. And for the uh, team Hall of Fame set, we do use like some of the Fleer Hall of Fame cards. Uh, like we use the one mm-hmm. for Lambeau, uh, and McNally, um, and Hubbard, and Herber, mm-hmm. and Machalski are all used as a team Hall of Fame set, but they're not even in the NFL Hall of Fame set because they don't have a mainstream issue card. Right. Right. Okay. All right. So the that clarifies that because I know I'm I'm sure some of our listeners will are trying to figure that out, especially people who don't like myself do a lot in graded cards. So it's it's more difficult for me to understand what the criteria may be for a particular registry or or uh, team registry or whatever the case may be with that. So that clarifies. Scott, that. There's, oh, a, good. Scott there's a matchbook of. Uh, of uh, John John Blood McNally, isn't there? I mean, do you do you accept matchbooks as kind of mainstream for, if you're a Packer collector like that? That's interesting. I'm actually not sure if PSA grades matchbooks. So, and that's kind of what it's based on. Is if PSA grades it, it'll be part of the set. I'm not sure if either one of you guys know if PSA grades matchbooks cards or not. Uh, SGC used oh. to, didn't they? Didn't they, Bob? Yeah, I'm pretty sure SGC was doing the. Um, Doing the matchbooks uh, to me, I never liked the way they looked. For the simple reason, if you, it's difficult if you got the full, the full matchbook, you got the matches there. Why yeah. would you want to get that graded number one if you just got the the bobtail or whatever, or the or or the actual striker? Cover the striker. My, yeah. So you know you're going to grade that type of thing. I think the other thing too is it's not technically a card because it's a matchbook. So there's always been an issue in the hobby saying, well, you know, these are matchbooks and therefore should be considered that. They're not a card. They're not mainstream. They're mainstream for the 1930s because there's really nothing else out there other than the Chickles and a few other, you know, sets here and there, you know, especially in that time frame. So I could see why they wouldn't be considered, you know, part of that, that type of registry. And, again, somebody could correct me if I'm wrong. I do not – believe PSA grades them. So obviously that would not be part of their set registry because of that. I'm not sure, agree, but I'm yeah. pretty sure. I know SGC was grading them for a while. 
And again, I, to me, I, I don't know why you would want to get them graded for. It doesn't make any sense, especially with the, uh, you know, the matchbook covers type of, um, you know, as a type. Same thing with the walkers. Why would you get those graded and entomb them? Registry is a hell of a drug, Captain. You know? Well, I know. Registry is a hell of a drug, Captain. I'm not. You know me. Being a dinosaur in the hobby. So, I, I don't, you know, it scares me. I should buy stock in plastic companies. I've always said that. Get off, get off my lawn, you set collectors. <laughs> hey Scott, what what if anything's on your want list at this time? What 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 are you looking for? Well, I I took care of a big uh, card on my want list earlier this year. Back in March, I picked up the uh, Bart Star rookie card in PSA eight. Um, ah, that was a big good man. Wow. That big, yeah, that's that, that's a big card for me to pick up. Um, that's you know. I've, actually, it's come down a little bit in price. Um, about two years ago, they were going for almost ten thousand plus, and they actually could come back down to like seven thousand to eight thousand. So, I was excited to grab Ooh. it in that price range, and um, so I got that one. That's a big one to get off my list right there. Um, I upgraded from a seven PSA seven that I had, um, and then I remember, when old Bart, Bart, I remember when old Bart Star was like three thousand bucks. I know, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then another white whale who you guys will probably uh, might know about is uh, the 48 Bowman Buford Ray in high grade. Yeah. Um, an ex- extremely hard card to find. Your last card in the set. Oh. It's a short print anyways. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I grabbed a seven last year, but that's been the, uh, there's only been two sevens to sell in like the last six years. <laughs> and I haven't seen any eights since I've been looking in the last five years. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's, that's a tough set. You know, it's it's, it's so a what, tough card anyways, what, but to find it in high grade is yeah. extremely tough. So you're looking for it basically in a 7 or better? Um, I have it in a PSA 7, but I'm looking to grab it in a PSA 8 because that's the only card. Okay. Other than other than a – that's the only card in my set that's not at least a PSA 8, I believe, except for the um, – ironically, the 77 Touchdown Club Cecil Isbell. I can't seem to find a good <laughs> copy of that card for some reason. You're kidding me. So, are, you're, you're, so, so you only have that in a PSA 7? I have it in a 6, in actually. Um, I have it in a 6, and that's because usually I, the only way I can find them uh, graded is uh, if it's autographed. And I, I don't want it autographed. I just want the basic card. <laughs> right. People used to send these TTM or through the mail. or And you see more of them autographed than you see not. Okay. All right. Wow. So, I gotta Scott, go, I gotta go no, through my touch. Packer cleaner's not on your want list, huh? Um, it's like I said, it's always in the background, but you know the 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 registry set is kind of my been my baby that keeps me focused over the last few years. So if if I find okay. a good deal on a Walker cleaner, um, that'd be great. Um, I'd love to if I had to grab one. I mean, I think uh, McNally would be absolutely amazing to grab. Yeah, yeah, it's a good looking card. You know how I know that? You because probably I have one. <laughs> what a, I'm what so a show off. <laughs> I'm so shocked about those touchdown club uh, cards. I gotta go, I gotta look through mine, see if I got any that are in. I, I know I got I got at least one full set of those. I gotta I gotta see what condition it is. I know they're pretty nice, but I don't know you know grading wise if they would kill, if they would go yeah. a seven or eight type of thing. So I'll check that out for you though. That's interesting too. 
So, um, uh, yeah, it's just a weird, weird, quirky, tough card for some reason for me. Wow. Yeah, they're out there. That's yeah. amazing. Scott, do you, do you collect yeah. anything else other than Packers? I mean, I, I know you have uh, you tend to focus on registry, and I know you've got the top 250 and two baseballs and one basketball set. You know, why the uh, you know why why the other sport other than God sport football? <laughs> well, I mean, I've always been a fan of all of all the sports uh, growing up. So, um, you know. And, and especially like in that top 250 set, I'm really not focused as much on high grade like I am with the Packer sets. I'm really looking for uh, mid grade, like anything graded like four to six. It's in nice condition, especially for some of those older baseball cards that go for so, so much you, money. You'd, so you'd settle for a PSA four Honus Wagner in that set? Uh, <laughs> I think that's. I think any of us would settle for a PSA four Honus Wagner. <laughs> wow. That'll, that'll That's got to be a tough one. I, I, has anyone completed the top 250? That's a that's an interesting question, and um, the top guy right now is only at 79. <laughs> percent So wow. it is a very tough, very tough set to complete. And then the next closest guy is at 52. percent That just goes to show you, um, like uh, some of the high end cards that, especially the early pre-war baseball cards, uh, in that set that are you know are, are very hard to find. Yeah, totally. Well, it's like you take the Hall of Fame rookie, you know, set. How many people are at, you know, 90, 98%, 99% and they're missing, you know, the, the Nagurski? I mean, it just, it's the hardest, hardest card. Not, not, not only in any grade, but just it's hard to find one. Yeah, absolutely, so, especially, you know, in a slab, absolutely. Yeah. So, so the, the top 250, you decided to do that because just – just because. I'm well, curious. I think it's just. I think it's just because um, I've reached a point in my Packer sets where any upgrade is going to cost me. Like I've just scrolled through my Packer set recently, and I can only possibly do two upgrades right now, and that's to upgrade a Don Hudson from an eight to a nine, fifty-five tops All-American. But that's like a four or five thousand dollar upgrade just for one grade. Yeah, you're. And then there's a. I, I can upgrade my. Yeah, it's, it gets crazy once you get to the high high grade stuff. Um, I have a Tony Cannadale yeah. rookie card from 50 Bowman and an 8.5. And so just to go from an 8.5 to a 9 would cost another, you know, three, dollars $4,000 to do that. Wow. You've always had a really good eye when it comes to condition is what I've noticed. And, I mean, even your, I looked at your Don Hudson 8 because, you know, I love that card. It, you're, it looks great. You've, you've got a good 8. Uh, you know, it's so subjective, too. I mean, your 8 – if it was in a nine holder, nobody'd bat an eye. So, yeah, well, it's an it's an old it's an old label too. So, I mean, maybe it could be in an eight point five holder. So, who who knows? Yeah, without you know, it doesn't have any of that doesn't have any of that yellow marking you see that runs down that orange on the on the side. So, yeah, I'm happy with that eight. So that's another reason why I, I'm not willing to upgrade yeah, right. that one. So is that so, is that the is that the only card you think might grade? Do you have have other cards you think might grade higher than what they are, or how how does that work for you? Oh, you know, I've evaluated all my all my cards. Um, I mean, the Hudson is definitely one of them. Um, um, I have a really I have a really nice uh, Bart Star PSA seven, I think too. Um, that you know might have a shot to bump up at least a half a grade. To a seven five, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. haven't had a, taken the time to send that in yet. Mm-hmm. 
I should probably sell my PSA 7, but I, I still can't let it go yet <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> now, in all the years you've been collecting, Scott, do you have any interest in collecting experiences or stories you'd like to share with our listeners? Anything that stands out above anything else? Um, well, I mean, I, I'd say this, you know, just the camaraderie that I've gotten in the last five to six years just with other collectors that I've met and people that I talk to every day now that I wouldn't have even thought I would ever talk to um, five, six years ago, just as being a part of the hobby. Um, and I've actually personally gotten uh, four or five other people involved into vintage football, especially the vintage team hall of fame set um, from one of my Packer collectible groups. Um, when I first got into the group, a lot of the guys collected newer cards and they really didn't seem to have too much of a direction. And I, I've always said, you should just try to have a good base. Um, you should collect what you want, but at least have a good collecting base. So grab a few of the key Packer rookie cards everyone should have in their collection. And um, I think it's uh, that set's really taken off uh, in the last couple of years. Hmm. Well, Packers, they are, like I said, it, there's just certain teams. It's You can't like football and not have, at least respect those teams. You know, it's the Bears. uh you know, it's the Packers and a little bit of the, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. You, you know, the, to me, those well, are any, American any of these, any, any original, any of the original NFL teams, and then fast forward to the 60s when you got the AFL, yep. Dallas comes on the scene, Minnesota comes on the scene. You know, that, that's, to me, true, true history of the game. Yep, and you're right, Joe. There has to be some respect shown for their teams and and their collectibles. Obviously, you know Dallas and Minnesota don't have the or the AFL teams don't have the history like a, a Bears or the, or even a Chicago Cardinals or or the Packers yeah. or the New York Giants. You know that 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 really is is pure football history. And again, go back to let's let's throw out. Each team had probably one or two specific team-only collectibles pre-World War II, which are yeah. extremely hard to, to come by today. And therefore, they are part of the hobby, and, the, and they're, they're basically hunted down by, I'm sure, more than one collector. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's part of the history. It's part of the game, and it's part of, part of our collecting, um, collecting lore and collecting uh, history at the same time uh, with regards to these sets. I, and backing up a bit, the Nagurski card, let's throw this out. How many Nagurskis are out there? What do you think? You know, 500, 400, 200? Uh, how many are still oh, in I've, existence today? You know? That, that's a good and question. Again, I, 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 yeah. Yeah. How many are actually graded and how many are ungraded and how many different collections yeah. out there at the same time? I think there's about a hundred. About 100 graded, I think, or 150 yeah, maybe. Yeah, there was about 100, 100 graded. So let's let's throw this out. Would we would, would be comfortable in saying there's probably 250 or less Nagurskis, both graded and ungraded, in the market today? And that's that's very possible. That's very possible. Yeah. So that is the rare of the trickle set itself, besides the high numbers. Uh, you know, the um, that second series there, which is full, you know, because oh, yeah. they were short printed, they, they're very difficult to come by, to say the least. Yeah, well, the the Boltosi is the rarest of them all, but 
I don't know. You you threw out Scott. You threw out earlier. It's like 1919 is when it started. They're coming up on 100 years. The Packers, uh, my my team, the Seattle Seahawks. I love them. Uh, 1976. I mean, I'm older than the Seattle Seahawks. You know, it's just history-wise, you know, it's just you, you can't beat the Packers or the Bears. It, it, you know, it, it's like, you, you know, I was just in Russia for the World Cup. I mean, I'm in, you know, in buildings that are a 1,000 years old. I mean, and then you talk about American history. It's just there's no comparison. We're the, we're the new kid on the block. So, yeah, we're still young yet. We're still young, yeah. Yeah. Even even with the Seahawks, I mean, you got you know some of those Nally Chips uh, sets of the late seventies. To me, those are rare. Yeah. I mean, I, I never see them here on the East Coast. Obviously, they're a West Coast yeah. you know issue. But you know, I've, uh, honestly, I, I think I, I have one type card in my in my collection of of the seventy um, seven set, and that's it. And I wanted it at auction because I always wanted to see what they were. And I wanted to have one yeah. of the one of the types of to it, you know, type cards to it, and uh, you know, there's and and I same thing those. with the Bucks, yeah, same thing with the Tampa Bay Bucks. There that um, I forgot the name. I, I think it was it was Stanadine Police set. There's like fifteen that there's hundreds of them, and then the rest of the set is is literally not founded for that for that card set. So that's another rare. Huh. You know, issue, but again, at the same time, there's there's little if any demand for it. You know, as compared yeah. to a Negotiator, or compared have, to a Walker's. Yeah, or a Walker's the Seahawks Cleaner's have a local stuff. set called the 1976 Fred Myers, and they're black bordered. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. yep. And uh, there's a and there's a there's a Steve Largent in there that's 76. It's his pre rookie, but. You know, it's it's the size of a Walker cleaner. You know, and SEC yep. grades them, but you know, not PSA. But you know, those are those are pretty rare local issues. I mean, rare local issues. Right. But, I don't know. We're, we're off we're off topic. I was just I was saying, you know, collect Packers items. I mean, and, you know, if you're if you're a football fan, there's two things you have to do. You have to respect the founding teams, and you better damn well be a subscriber to Gridiron Great, so you can't call yourself a football fan. <laughs> I think that's right. That's true. <laughs> that's very true. That was, that was a plug. And again, if you're not a subscriber and you want to subscribe, check out our website for all the subscription information, gridirongreatsmagazine.com. <laughs> I love it, Bob. I love it. So, so, but Packer, just, so, you know, your, your baseball, or excuse me, your, I noticed your Milwaukee Bucks is your basketball. So, obviously, you know, you know, local team. That's right. Now the storytelling Yeah, that's that. That was a fun set too. You know, uh, the Bucks have uh, Oscar Robertson, Lou Alcindor, some big names yep. to collect, uh, some big cards. So yeah. And, and ironically, I like uh, yesterday actually, I just picked up a uh, Robin Yount uh, PSA nine rookie card. <laughs> so for whatever reason, oh, wow. that caught my eye. There you go. That'll do it. Uh, um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Scott. I went a little off script there, and sometimes I just kind of like, wow, and I just find myself just crap with everybody and just talking, and I realize there are scripted questions <laughs> on occasion. <laughs> sorry. It's, it's all good. It's all good. 
Uh, I, I literally, I just uh, this is to me this is just this is just talking, uh, just talking football. It's just it, it comes natural. Uh, it, it, we we always like to wrap up a show. I mean, do you have any advice to young Packers collectors out there, you know, or just any collectors in general, how to get started and where to where to put your focus? Um, well, I guess I would say just the main thing is just collect what you like because if you collect what you like, you, you know, you're never going to lose or be mad at what you're collecting. Yeah. Don't collect just what everybody else likes. Collect what you like. Um, but with that, yeah. I, you know, I'd say have a plan of some kind. Like, And with me, I, the registry set helps me focus on what I want to do and keeps me focused. I can check in on it all the time. Um, but, and also take the time to do your research and uh, figure out what you want to do. Um, I guess I'll go back yeah. to a story. Um, when I first started to get back into the hobby, um, the card that I had coveted when I was a kid was that uh, Brett Favre 1991 Stadium Club uh, rookie card with the Falcons yeah. because of the name uh, error, the misspelling of the last name Favre. And so I, I decided to pick up a BCCG 10 Favre rookie <laughs> card. And so I was excited about it until I learned that, you know, BCCG's grading scale was, you know, I guess you could say less than reputable. And um, <laughs> I, I ended up moving it at that's, some point and I did grab a piece. That's, that's putting it nicely <laughs> saying it that way. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Gracious, you say. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. I love it. I, you know, I would add to that. When I first started getting into collecting, I was kind of splashing around. I was working on a Hall of Fame rookie set. I remember about like a Steve Van Buren PSA 2, you know, in 48 Leaf. And yeah. a, a, a guy I know, you know, a guy I know, you know, uh, Jay Grote is his name. I haven't talked to him in probably eight years. Reached out to me and he's like, what are you doing, Joe? He goes, I... I watch you. You're collecting pretty nice stuff. And then you bought that piece of crap. And we're we're talking on the phone once, and he's like, "Figure out figure out what the budget is. You know, just put a spreadsheet together, figure out what price it costs and the grade you want, then sum it up, and decide if that's your budget. And if it's not, then start start lowering grades. He's like, but figure out what you want in each grade, and then be patient and and absolutely be patient because it costs you a lot of money to dart in and out of cards. You know, splashing around." And he, he was absolutely right, you know. So, and it but, and it does. And I actually have I actually have the opposite. Some people say you know buy and you know you can always upgrade. I I would rather just save for what I'm really want to get at the end, yeah. and I would just buy that card. Then I don't have to worry about the reselling of cards constantly and losing yep. out of money in the process. So I would just yep. you know wait wait to buy you know if you want a high grade card wait to buy one, and then uh, yep. in the end I think you'll be you'll be rewarded. It you know, avoids, that's a good, it avoids that's temptations. Where that's a good point as far as you, waiting, sir. because I, I, I think the problem has always been in our hobby, especially when the explosion took place in '89 and '1991, that the collectors uh-huh. were not patient and they just bought anything and everything, then realizing you know buyer's remorse after they bought a real you know poor condition, let's say Johnny Unitas rookie card or. Bart Starr rookie card, so on and so forth. They have not buyer's remorse. Now they're really upset when they realize and they're not going to be able to resell that card for possibly only a fraction of what they paid for because they overpaid for it because they were so, so, um, you know, so wanting the card, so they overpaid for it. So it's a good point. Being patient and buying something in better condition so that you have the condition you want and, you, and like you say, Scott, and I agree with this, instead of constantly having to resell cards all the time, 
to try to recoup your recoup your money so you can buy what you really want in the first place. You know what I mean? So that that's a good point. And I think that's that sometimes is lost in the hobby. I really believe that. You know? Well it helps you avoid temptations too. If you're after a you know a a PSA eight, you know, Dutch Clark uh, you know, or, you know, and a PSA seven rolls around. You, you don't, you don't, you, 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 you know, yeah, it, it avoids that. You know, just like, oh, I'm just going to go after it. Uh, and also, if your if your budget is, I want a PSA seven, you know, Bo Melinda in 35 Chickle, and a PSA eight comes along. You, you know, you've got 700 set aside for the Bo Melinda and PSA seven, and an eight comes up for 3,000. You also don't break your budget by going off your plan. Uh, right. You know, it's, I don't know. It was, it was some of the best advice I got. I'll never forget it. It was probably 13 years ago. And it, I, yeah. You know, just a, and again, I think, again it, it comes down to patience. And again, it also comes down to what's your budget. Do you really want, you know, that you, can you afford a, that really high grade card? Obviously, some collectors can, some collectors can't. And, uh, and uh, again, it goes, to, goes back to years ago in the hobby where we didn't have graded cards. And, yeah, we wanted a near-mint card. We wanted a card to look halfway decent. But also, I, I look at my collection, and I look at my 48 and 49 Leafs. I mean, there are beaters upon beaters in, that, in those two <laughs> sets. But when I was collecting them, you know, I, I wanted to finish the set. And I'm talking back in the 1980s. I never saw it. 48 and 49 leaves at any shows. I rarely saw them advertised, so I figured they, they had to have been rare, rare. Fast forward 20 plus wow. years later, they're everywhere. And they're, you know, a lot of them are doctored up to, to no end, and I'm sure I have probably a few doctored wow. cards at the same time. But you know what? It, it, you know, I, I collected on my budget, and I collected to say that I wanted a complete set, even though it's not in the, you know, in the greatest condition type of thing. But, um, uh, you know, it is a good point. You're fussy, or you 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 have a certain budget. That's what you abide by, and especially if you buy graded cards, Joe's and 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 Scott, you're right too. Don't settle for the six. Wait for the seven to come or the eight to come, whatever whatever it may be. That makes the most sense to me. And, um, and when it when it, I, comes, I when, find, it, when it comes to when it comes to graded cards, um, you know that you're going to see the most ex- exponential increase on the high grade cards too. So, so that, I think that's a part of it. You know, Joe might be able to agree with that if he's, you know, he's collected some pretty high grade cards, you know, in his day. You know, you're going to see that exponential increase from the high grade cards personally. So that's why I'd rather wait and buy one of those. Um, it's not all about to me, but it's a small. It is a part of it, I think. Right. Well, I think it, I think it's a big part of it because again, you know, if there's a four or five thousand dollar difference between one grade, somebody may say, you know, okay, I'm going to take this seven over the eight. I'm not going to put the five thousand dollars on for the next grade, and then that's it. And I and I always go back to uh, the Chicago National a couple of years ago. As anybody knows knows me knows I, I'm big on football publications, so I had a bunch on my table and. Um, this, this older collector says, you know, these are not in perfect condition. And I said to him, I really don't see that many 1941 and 42 Street and Smith footballs in perfect condition. You know what I mean? So I know he was, right. I know he was fussy looking for, you know, a mint copy. But, gee, you know, how many are there uh, uh, exist type of thing 
And how many do you want to, you know, how many can you find for like $25? You know what I'm saying? You're not going to find a mint first issue of Street and Smith football for 25 bucks. You know, you're going to have to exactly. pay the price of this one. You know, and I think that's, that might be lost a little in our, in our, in our hobby. The realism of mm-hmm. something costs, especially something in, in, you know, better condition, that type of situation. So, uh, you know, we got to get rid of the flea market mentality and understand you want quality, you're going to have to pay for it. I mean, seriously, that's whatever it really comes down to, you know. But, all right, we're almost out of time, Scott. I, I thank you so much for being on the show. We will be in touch in the future, I'm sure. You have a, a phenomenal collection, and uh, I, I'm, I'm very happy you came on the show and talk about it. And I know our listeners were very happy uh, hearing about it and hearing your uh, your collecting journey and story. And I, I know you're a lot younger than us, so um, you got many years ahead of you. So you're the future of the hobby, to say the least. So I, I like seeing that. That's always great to see. Well, thanks uh, so much, guys, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Just to give you guys a little um, visual of what Green Bay is like right now, it's about 68 degrees. And the smell of football is in the air, and it's it's really yeah. today's like that. Today's like that first day where it was just kind of cooled off, and it just smells like football out there. So it's coming. Well, I'll give, I'll give you Attaboy. I'll give you my visual. I'll give you my visual. It's 94 degrees here with the uh, humidity. It's about 105, and it feels like a furnace <laughs> outside. So uh, it's uh, to me not overly conducive for football right now. I would like to be in a swimming pool or in the Caribbean on the beach cooling off. Because it is it is hot outside, it's incredible. Wow! But again, <laughs> it's a it's a late August uh, heat wave here in Connecticut. Scott Klein, thanks for being right. on. Joe, we got two minutes. Take it easy, Scott. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Jeff. I'm going to hand off to you what you learn on tonight's show. You know, I I just I love talking to classy guests. I just I absolutely love it. I've got the best seat in the house. Uh, I also wanted to add. I sent you uh, you and a couple of friends a picture. My son started football practice the other day, fourth grade, his first football practice. And uh, first practice, a buddy of mine happens to be the coach, and he's like, Joe, we could use you coaching. And I'm like, I don't really have the time for that, sorry. Second practice, he's like, hey, help us do the, uh, the blocking dummies. And I'm out there doing blocking dummies for the running backs. And I just looked at him like, damn it, I'm in. All right, I'm a coach. So I took I, – Took my classes over the weekend. I got my GPR card out of the way. I've been the official right. coach of my son's team for the last two weeks, or assistant coach. Damn, it's fun. That's I great. absolutely love it. Just That's having great. a lot of fun. There's, I called there's a kid nothing Jim Brown yesterday. Cause, yep. He's wearing number 32. He's wearing Jim Brown, and Ooh. I keep calling him Jim. Jim Brown, hit the gap. Hit the gap, hit the wow. gap Jim Brown. And he's like, who's Jim Brown? And I looked at him and I said, wow. for tonight's homework, I want you to go home. I want you to Google Jim Brown. I want you to come back tomorrow, and I want you to tell me everything about him. He's the greatest <laughs> running back the NFL's ever seen. Wow. So that That's great. is where our next generation of collectors is coming from, our ambassador. That's right there. That's great. That's what I love hearing. And I'll tell you, Joe, I've coached over the years. There's no, there's no greater satisfaction than coaching uh, any sport, especially on a on a youth level, high school down. It's just great. It's truly yep. great. All right, we got we're down to a minute again. We've been uh, sponsored by MSB Sports Cards. 
Check out their website, msvsportscards.com, and also by BST Auctions. Check out their website and their upcoming incredible auction on some a complete mayo set at bstauctions.com. 30 seconds, Joe. Wrapping it up. Another great collection that a collector that we talked to tonight. To me, it proves that there is hope for the hobby. The hobby is alive as well. And, uh, again, my favorite team, the Packers. Obviously, we're seeing uh, a, a real strong interest in early Packers items and Packer cards and the like. Yep. That, that's great to see. That's great Absolutely. And I beam with pride every time you say mayo, by the way, Bob. I know. I know. I've changed. I've changed my ways. I know. I, <laughs> I have to set it. I have to set a great example. All right. We're out of time. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in probably about a week, week and a half with another show. And again, check out our website, gridirongreatsmagazine.com. For Joe and myself, thanks for listening. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.